This week's episode of The Moderate Podcast is brought to you by Amio. Amio, spelled O-M-I-O, is a travel booking platform that makes planning a journey in Europe and North America effortless. Just enter your travel details and Amio will magically give you all the train, bus, flight, and ferry options for your journey. It's never been simpler to book your, tr- your first real vacation for 2021. Best of all, using Omnio saves you money and time. That's a win-win in our books. Omnio wants to help you leave your house this summer by offering 5% off your next booking. Just head to Omnio.com and use the code LISTENER5 at checkout. Valid until June 30th for new users on all modes of transport. It's just the pick-me-up 2021 needs. Omnio, plan, book, and love the journey. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, once again, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Modern Podcast for Saturday, June twelfth, twenty twenty one. Glad to have you with us this week. I apologize for not being around for last week. It's the first time I haven't posted an episode uh, for gosh, I don't know how long. It might have been since we've actually been back from my hiatus. They took like a year and a half ago. Um, we've been pretty good about posting episodes. We've been had a couple of times here and there. We pre-recorded a show. I did a best of show um, back in December when it was just too hectic uh, during our move that I couldn't, um, I didn't have my equipment put together and I just couldn't get an episode posted. So, uh, and so last week, um, I basically just ran out of time and I didn't have any time at all to put into putting the research in to make a good show, Uh, not even a short one. And I think and I've said this before at the beginning of programs, and then it usually ends up not being the case, but I really do believe that this one's going to be um, sh- on the shorter side, um, much shorter than we than we normally have. Um, so anyway, um, hope that you still find us. Hopefully it doesn't do anything to our listener um, numbers that we, uh, we took a week off, but uh, I know that the people that are loyal to the show will find us. So uh, a little bit more on that. I I got to be honest with you, um, with the listeners. Um, there's a lot going on at my my job right now. Good things, um, but it there are things that are happening that may prevent me from being able to do the show. At least not consistently. I might have to go to monthly, or um, have to give it up altogether. And. Um, and, and it's nothing to do with you know my my position with with the uh, city I work at or anything like that. It's just um, just just there's there's more time commitments that are needed for my job, and so this time that I use for the podcast um, is probably going to be better used with my family. So as much as I love doing what I do on here. And, and, and to be honest with you too, I'm starting to do, I am starting to get a little burnout um, on it. It was even a struggle to put something together for this week, but that's, which is again, why we're going to do a short show. But, uh, you know, I'm just giving you a fair warning now that I might only be able to keep this up for a few more months or so, if that, um, before I'm going to have to maybe either put it on hold or um, change, you know, how often I release an episode 
kind of maybe even with the format a little bit, maybe make it a shorter format, something like that. I just pick one article a week to talk about. I just talk about that. Uh, that that would take a lot less time. And, you know, I, and that might be what I, what I do. Because, I mean, I do like having this as an outlet. I do like having this as kind of, it's kind of therapy for me. You know, even though, you know, you, you feel like sometimes when you're doing a podcast, you're kind of sitting here talking to yourself because there's nobody in the room. But I still feel like I'm having, um, you know, and it's not a dialogue. Obviously, it's a one-way conversation. But I still feel like I'm speaking to the audience. And so I, I, I look at that from the, from the end user standpoint, because I listen to podcasts too. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of podcasts. I don't listen to a lot of them because I don't have time to listen to a lot of them, but, uh, the ones I do, um, you know, I feel like the host is speaking to me, although, although, you know, the ones I listen to, they're speaking to millions of people. Um, obviously on this one, I'm not speaking to millions of people, but, uh, it's, it's, you know, several hundred. And so that's a good feeling um, to, to know that people are actually listening to your viewpoint and want to hear what you have to say. Um, and and then so it kind of, you know, maybe validates some of your views, but also it's just it's just nice knowing that, you know, someone, you know, people care about what I have to say. So, you know, that that's one thing, one reason I'd want to leave keep it going and at least have some kind of form to go on here. Um, I'm thinking about maybe doing, I know that, uh, some listener feedback has been, they didn't like when I veered off of politics, I would talk about like survivor or big brother. Uh, maybe what I'll do is I'll do a, you know, big brother podcast with my dad or something like that. Cause big brother's starting up again next month. You know, it could be something like that. Um, just to give me an outlet, um, to kind of put my voice out there. I've always been a big fan of radio since ever since I was a kid. So, I know I'm rambling on and on, but I just wanted to kind of give uh, all of you a heads up that that could be occurring in um, the future. Not sure when. Um, it's not right away, but um, as I learn more, um, I will I will let you know. All right. So let's get into our topics of conversation today. I only have a couple, um, a couple things on COVID. So. This was an article from earlier this week uh, from Dr. Sanjay Gupta of CNN. He's like their med- chief medical correspondent or something. I don't know. Um, and he obviously comes from a very liberal perspective on this pandemic and the reaction to it and being super ultra cautious. And I think that if you listen to the show, you know that I've kind of, you know, fallen off of that a lot. I, you know, used to trust what some of the things they were saying and, and as they continue to do it, even though the science is changing, um, it's it, it's clear that maybe they did actually have good things to say, but as this thing starts wrapping up and it's kind of going away and not becoming as much of an issue as it was before, they are trying to hold, you know, the doctors in the media, whether it's Fauci or Gupta, they are trying to hold on to some semblance of fame that they had relative to um, this this disease. And it's sad that they're that they are trying to hold on to that. And this article is kind of an epitome of that. And I I, I want to go through and, and and not let you know spend too much time on this. And I was starting to go through it, and then I started recording, and I forgot that I haven't finished going through this thing. 
Uh, so it's, it, it may be a bit of a struggle to read through it. So I may have to um, kind of read it and find where some of the things I want to mention. Um, so uh, he's talking about the vaccine and the, art, the, the article is titled How to Assess Risk When Going Mask-Free. So again, we've talked about this. The masks are not meant to protect yourself. So if you are trying to decide whether you go mask-free or not, the question is, what are my chances of infecting somebody else? Well, if I'm vaccinated, my chances are very, very small. Therefore, what's the question? Why is this, why is this an issue? Basically, if you want to be the most cautious you can be, if you're vaccinated, wear, don't wear, you don't have to wear a mask. If you're not vaccinated and you're, you're worried about getting other people sick, then wear a mask. But here's what he says about that. The incremental loosening of the rules that we, we've seen accelerated very quickly in mid-May when the CDC surprised the public by announcing that fully vaccinated people no longer needed to wear masks outdoors or even indoors, except in a few circumstances. While the news was certainly a cause for celebration, it was also a cause for confusion. Where we once had uni one universal one universal simple rule to follow, wear a mask, Each we each now have to perform a complicated calculus of risk assessment on a daily, if not hourly basis, as we navigate toward post-pandemic life. Huh? What the hell is he talking about? Like, <laughs> some complicated calculus. <laughs> Give me a break, dude. Adding to the confusion, and this is this part is true, adding to the confusion is the patchwork of regulations that still exist in different states, cities, and even public spaces, like restaurants and stores, and it's impossible to tell who is vaccinated and who is not. And there's a good example of that. So here in California, we have Cal OSHA. And anybody that deals with OSHA in their states, and you know how ridiculous it is to deal with them sometimes. But you have to remember that our OSHA board here in California was appointed by Gavin Newsom. So you can just imagine the viewpoints that some of these people hold. So last week, they put out some guidance on how... Um, mask wearing and partitions and social distancing need to be done in the workplace going forward with the beyond the blueprint thing coming. So we have, when we had the colored tiers in California, you know, purple is the worst. Then you had the red tier, the orange tier, and the yellow tier. Most places in California, I think all 58 counties in California, as a matter of fact, are in the yellow tier now, which is the lowest. And that's why we're moving out of the uh, beyond the blueprint print. Now, this has been something that has been said for a while by Gavin Newsom that June 15th is the date. So later this week coming up, we will hit that date. So in order to get out ahead of that, OSHA needed to put regulations out. And basically, California has decided they're going to just follow, they're just going to defer to CDC guidance. So apparently now they trust the CDC. But OSHA, not so much. So they put these rules out that basically said, well, in your workspace, and they, they had a definition of that. This is pertaining to indoor workspaces. You have if you didn't have to wear a mask if everybody in your workspace was vaccinated. All right. If even just one person was not vaccinated, everyone had to wear a mask. I'm not making this up. I read the regulations myself. Because I, I had to, as I'm actually part of a kind of a task force where I work about how we're going to implement these rules, because if we don't follow these rules and someone reports us, it's going to be a big giant fine for us. So 
that's why we're kind of in this space where we have to follow these rules, even though we all agree that they're utterly absurd. So we have the rules that come out, and um, then that's at least the June 15th. That's the, that, that was effective with the Beyond the Blueprint, which is basically masks go away if you're vaccinated, right? So the public will come in when we have, when we serve the public, they won't be wearing masks. So our your assumption when you're dealing with the public is you should be wearing a mask. And that would make sense by the way. Because well, actually it doesn't. Even if you it, well it doesn't because if you're vaccinated then you aren't a risk to that person. Right? So even if you know, even if they're not wearing a mask but they're not vaccinated, you don't know that. Well, then we have to wear a mask. Well, why though? Because I'm vaccinated, so why do I care? Right? So that's where, again, that's where the, the, the guidance is confusing. Then just on July 31st, you can start removing partitions and other things, social distancing measures, things like that. So that was going to stay till July 31. So you have these different rules that we're going to apply to the workplace that's causing the confusion. So when he's talking about causing confusion, yes. That is what causes confusion. But in living your day-to-day -day life, it really isn't that complicated. It really isn't. And they're trying to make it complicated just to keep themselves relevant. And they even talk about this. And that's where I was, I was trying to go through, um, you know, when, so here's, here's a part. Just how protected are we? When trying to assess your risk, remember that the CDC is talking about vaccinated people going maskless, not unvaccinated people. COVID-19 cases, especially hospitalization and deaths, are occurring mostly among this ever-shrinking unvaccinated group, according to analysis by the Washington Post. For the most part, unvaccinated people are primary risk to other unvaccinated people. There aren't much of a risk to the vaccinated, and the vaccinated aren't much of a risk to them. That is why Dr. Jay Varkey, an infectious disease expert and associate professor at Emory University School of Medicine, can't stress the importance of vaccines enough. So how safe is it being unmasked? Well, it's not 100% safe. For people who are vac vaccinated, there can't there can be what's termed breakthrough infections, which uh, basically means a person can get affected and even get after even after getting vaccinated. But they're rare. Out of 135 million Americans who have been fully vaccinated, 2,274 were either hospitalized hospitalized or died due to COVID-19. So. And then a second point, this, and this is very important for people who live with a child under 12, which I do, or someone who, has, who for health-related reasons, can't mount an immune response from a vaccine, even if you do get infected, the science is beginning to show that you're very unlikely to, be, to then be contagious enough to spread the virus to somebody else in your family or community. But there still is ambiguity. We don't know for sure that a vaccinated person can't ever get silently infected and then infect someone else, even if it is very rare. Oh my God, you're never going to get to 100% with this thing. We're way beyond that. The risk, you know, I hope these people never leave their house again for anything, for any reason at all. Even when COVID-19 is completely gone and coronavirus is completely eradicated, it's eradicated more than polio, okay? These people should not leave their house if this is the way they're going to assess risk. Stepping into, stepping out onto the sidewalk is a higher risk than going unmasked 
while you're vaccinated, being around unmasked people when you are vaccinated. Period. End of story. Those are the odds. You have more chance of getting struck by lightning than dying from COVID-19 if you're vaccinated. Okay? That's the, that is where we are right now. And if this is now the standard to live our lives, then just, then just, just end it all. Just end it. Just, just stay home. Don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. And live your life as a hermit from now going forward. Period. Just, you know, if you have a swimming pool, you better get, you better get that damn thing filled in. Because that thing is more of a risk to you than COVID-19 if you're vaccinated. All right? This is what we're talking about. These are, these, this is the risk assessment they're talking about now. And they're, they're seeing this stuff, and they're serious. They're not, this, this is not parody. This is not hyperbole. They genuinely believe this crap. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. So, you know, speaking of masks and, and Fauci, um, while I was away, I missed a week, Fauci's emails hit. And it gave everybody an opportunity to bag on Fauci. And I'm not, you know, if you listen to this program, you probably have already seen something about Fauci's emails. But there's one thing that I want to particularly point out. And that is um, this guy. There's a guy named Philip Holloway. He describes himself on Twitter as a dad, criminal lawyer, police lawyer. He's a host of the Sworn podcast. He is WSB Radio's legal analyst and occasional town hall columnist. So you can imagine where his politics are. So he puts this out. He, he shares one of the emails that was published, one of the thousands of emails that was published. And anybody can pick anything out to support their argument. CNN showed up that he was a compassionate and he was even answering emails from just random individuals that would email him and he was trying to answer all of them and, and be, you know, and he was very worried about this and he had genuine concern. And then the right really took this as, aha, we're, we're exposing Fauci for the fraud he is. And of course, it's on, it's, it's you know, based, you know, we're, we're, ba we're basing our judgment on Fauci's reactions in February of 2020, February and March of 2020, based on what we know here in June of 2021, which is a hell of a lot more than we knew back then, right? So he posts this tweet. On 3-31-20, Fauci decided to ignore decades of science and ignore aerosol dynamics. This is when, with no new The Science, he decided to guess, quote, perhaps universal wearing of masks is the most practical way to go with no apparent consideration of negative negative consequences. Now, here's the thing. Number one, just that last part of the, the statement with no apparent consideration of negative consequences, that is a loaded statement because that is not Fauci's job. Fauci's job is to say, hey, we have this infectious disease. My advice is to do this. 
the president has other advisors to talk about other consequences, other negative consequences, whether it's economists, whether it's, uh, you know, you know, mental health people, what the other things can happen with this. That's out of, that's out of, outside of Fauci's lane. That's why you have numerous advisors. You don't just have one that has to think about everything. That's not his job. His job is to say, hey, this is my expertise. Here's what I think we need to do to fix it. And then you have others that go, well, wait a minute. Here's how it's going to affect other things. And then the president, this is why having a, a sane president is important, is the president has to take all those different things and weigh them out and then decide what he's going to do, what he or she's going to do. So that is not Fauci's job with to consider the negative consequences of doing that because that is not in his expertise. That is for other people to advise the president on, on the pros and cons. You gather all these different opinions from different areas of expertise, you synthesize them together, you analyze them together, and make your decision. That's how it should work. So I do take exception to Mr. Holloway thinking that that is Shouchi's job. Now, let's let's talk about these emails. So this guy named David Katz, I'm not sure who he is for you know, he says this is a you know, email. For God's sakes, Tony, this is me, not simply an unknown messenger from the general public. We go back together for many, many years and I'm I again, I don't know the context of this. This isn't an email chain. To our days together at an NIH, remember? As you may recall, we worked successfully during the infamous 1969 March on Washington, among other historically important events. Although no, I, I am now, and it's redacted, I continue to pay careful attention to world events, and this is one that exceeds any others that have occurred in our lifetime. And I don't know about that. Uh, you know, 9-11 comes to mind. As I wrote in my previous email, I have become convinced that COVID-19 is behaving as an airborne virus, and therefore we should be directing our mitigation efforts towards more comprehensive aerosol eradication procedures. Think about the most recent reports, namely that imprisoned inmates and a young baby have recently reported as infected with this virus. So Fauci replies, David, I know that it's you. I'm sorry, but I'm getting more than 2,000 emails per day. I totally agree with you, and this issue is being actively discussed as recently as today at the task force, me uh, task force meeting. I'm not sure what you mean by aerial eradication procedures that could be practically implemented. There are some data from NIH that indicate that mere speaking without coughing elicits aerosol that travels a foot or two. If that is the case, then perhaps universal wearing of masks is the most practical way to go. So that's where the talk of masks happened, and that's where... That was, by the way, after he had the interview on 60 Minutes where he said that masks should not be worn by the general public. So, again, this, this to me shows the evolution of his thought. He got more information, and he, ch and he changed his recommendations based on that new information. That's the, that makes a lot of sense, actually. And remember, I'm, not, I'm no fan of Fauci. Okay, if you've listened to me talk the last couple of months at all, you know I am not a big fan of Anthony Fauci. So then, Philip Holloway, all this despite acknowledging on 2-520, so this is, again, almost two months before that email, when he had less information, because now we're going farther back in time, that COVID-19 SARS-CoV-2 is small enough to pass through the material of masks that you buy in the drugstore. 
and then he retweeted a um, a tweet of the emails or of any of this of the following me i'm going to read you fauci says masks are needed unless you're sick and notes car sars cov 2 is so small that it passes easily between mask fires and so here is that email and this one has been passed around a lot by the conservatives who think that he's just a com- complete hypocrite here's even J- john ziegler who i agree so much for the always bs the- theory slash religious rationalization that saint anthony fauci merely lied to prevent a hunt run on masks which never made a bit of damn sense. How will his cult slash media spin this for him? This is exactly what he said on 60 Minutes, only in a mocking tone. The first sentence is what people, I guess they didn't read that part because here's what it says. Masks are really for infected people to prevent them from spreading infection to people who are not infected rather than protecting uninfected people from acquiring infection. The typical mask you buy in the drugstore is not really effective in keeping out virus, which is small enough to pass through the material. It might, however, provide some slight benefit in keeping out gross droplets if someone coughs coughs or sneezes on you. I do not recommend that you wear a mask, particularly since you're going to a very low-risk location. So this is somebody asking him what he should do based on um, going on going traveling somewhere. Again, this is before all the lockdowns, February 5th, 2020. Your instincts are correct. Money is better best spent on medical countermeasures such as diagnostics and vaccines, which is also what we're doing. But masks are really for infected people to prevent them from spreading infection to people who are not infected rather than protecting uninfected people from acquiring infection. So at that point... We did not know to the extent of asymptomatic spread. Once that was realized that you could have this thing and be carrying it and infect other people without showing a shred of infection or a, a shred of symptoms, that means that you could have passed it on to other people. That's why when you go to a hospital, even back in 2009, when bird flu was a thing, when I went to the ho- when we went to the hospital when my wife was pregnant with the boys, we had to wear masks in the hospital. They handed us a mask when we walked in, and we had to keep it on the entire time we were there because they didn't want us car- being a carrier of, of a disease, which also spread by asymptomatic spread, by the way, um, but it was only really and it could only affect people adversely um if they were you know for example if they uh, already were sick which is why you watch is why it makes sense in a hospital setting that's why you wear it well that's why we're wearing masks now and that's why the guidance changed once they realized that asymptomatic spread was a thing and that was actually the primary vector for getting people infected because otherwise, if, if you if you could only spread it if you had symptoms, it would not have gotten as big as it was. Not even close. It couldn't have. Because if people were told, if you are sick, stay home. If that was all we needed to do, this thing would have been done a long time ago. But the fact that there was this thing called asymptomatic spread changed everything. And that is what we're talking about. Now, once you're vaccinated, though, because again, the vaccine is the key. Then the rules change because now you're not a danger to other people anymore. That's why if you're vaccinated, the mask can go. That is your mask. You've already protected other people and you've protected yourself. 
It goes both ways with the, with the vaccine. It's only one way with the mask. You are protecting others. It keeps you, it prevents you from spending out a viral load that is enough to infect another person. It blocks enough of it so that, yeah, they may get some of the virus, but it's not really enough for them to really get really sick from it. But if you don't have a mask on, there's unfettered access now for them to catch a virus from you that you're, you know, expressing from your, from your mouth. That's the difference. And if you just thinking through it in that terms, it actually makes a lot of sense. It really isn't that complicated. So the key was asymptomatic spread. And we didn't know that until like at least April, April or May of 2020. But you know what? People don't remember that anymore, which is why you can use stuff like this from February, a month and a half before there was any closures in this country whatsoever. And you can use this now and say, aha, see, Fauci's been lying this whole time. No, Based, Fauci knew, knows more about COVID-19 today than he did on February 5th, 2020. We all know more about COVID. We didn't even talk about COVID on the show until early March because it was never even a news story. No one even knew about this thing back in February 2020. It was almost virtually unknown at that point. Now it's universally known. So we're going to go, now we're going to judge, well, you didn't mention anything about COVID-19 in, in February of 2020. Yeah, because I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know it existed. You see what I'm saying? Like that's that's it. That'd be the that that's what you're saying is basically. Well, how did you not know to get a vaccine for COVID nineteen back in February 2020? That's when like Trump like blamed um, Obama for not having vaccines for COVID nineteen. Like what? <laughs> the disease didn't exist when he was president. What the hell are you talking about? I mean, this is the kind of crap that that people are getting and they're getting away with saying stuff like this. It's like. I, I just don't understand why uh, so many people believe this crap. It's unbelievable. Now, here's one last thing on Fauci. Um, there was a, a, a tape unearthed from January 10th, 2017. And then play two versions of it. The first one is a clip that was taken to show that Fauci knew about this thing the whole time. And he knew this was going to happen. And he's evil and blah, blah, blah. Another example of he's evil. So here is what that sounded like. And if there's one message that I want to leave with you today based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment, is that there is no question that there will be a challenge to the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. There will be a surprise outbreak. There will be a surprise. Now, that was obviously audio that was, they, they repeated it, and it's like, there will be a surprise outbreak. <laughs> See, he knew this was going to happen. He made this happen. He actually created this. It is all a big conspiracy, right? Now, you know when you hear something like that, the first thing you go is, hmm, that sounds odd. It's not a complete sentence. And you know there's more that follows, there will be a surprise outbreak, right? The fact that they stop it there 
makes me think that they probably don't want you to hear that next part because it doesn't really fit their narrative, right? So someone actually posted the entire video, but then, but then they went in to say because they were asking, "Well, was it was someone?" Because someone was like, "Well, is that voiceover?" It's never a bad thing to question. Here's YouTube link to the entire address. So they they actually posted his entire address that that this was clip that came from from beginning to end. Um, weird stuff. Question everything. Someone replies, "Thank you for this. You're right though. It definitely not voiced over and solidifies my theory that this was planned." Huh? No. Here's what the whole thing sounded like. If there's one message that I want to leave with you today based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment, is that there is no question that there will be a challenge to the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. Now there it is, again, surprise outbreak. But this clip has the whole thing, I'll continue. And I hope by the end of my relatively short presentation, you will understand why history, the history of the last 32 years that I've been the director of NIAID will tell the next administration that there's no doubt in anyone's mind that they will be faced with the challenges that their predecessors were faced with. In other words, this thing, this kind of crap has happened before and there's no reason to believe that it won't happen again. That's all they're saying. That's all he's saying. That's why you have people like Fauci with those years of experience that have seen these kind of things before and knows that these things pop up. Having, having outbreaks of something new, something novel, is not anything that's new. We've And, and, and even just within the, the realm of coronavirus, I mean, we've had the first SARS outbreak back in the early 2000s. We had MERS back in the early 2010s. And now here we are on the early 2020s. And guess what? We've got another coronavirus because it almost like seems like it's cyclical. Now, that, does that mean that it's made up and that this was all planned? No. It means that this is the course of nature. This is what happens. And his experience told him that, yeah, it's probably going to happen again. Now, did he say it overly confident? Yeah, probably. But it's based on his years of experience, and he said that. History, that's, that's why we learn history. Because history does have a ten tendency to repeat itself, especially when it comes to medical issues. Especially when it comes to medical issues. We've dealt with diseases for thousands of years, and at some point, all of them were new. Polio was new at one point. The measles were new at one point. The chicken props were new at one point. The flu was new at one point. Everything was new at one point. And these things happen over and over and over throughout history. So why should all of a sudden stop now? So this is your like smoking gun? And they're like, you're welcome and thank you for questioning it. Can't get the truth without asking the questions. Yeah, but your critical thinking skills are completely lacking here. This is what they, they believe that this is some kind of smoking gun? Just because he said it in 2017 and he predicted that something was going to happen like this? Only because, oh, I don't know, it's happened before. So it's not rocket science to believe that's going to happen again. You know, the sun rose this morning, and I predict tomorrow it's going to rise tomorrow too. Does that mean I planned for it? Does that mean I, I created it because I predicted that the sun's going to come up tomorrow? No. 
I know that because it happens every day. And it happened yesterday. It happened today. And guess what? It's probably going to happen tomorrow, right? So I just don't understand why the, the, the you know, when we, when we start devaluing education and thinking for yourself, you know, there's, there's, you know, they say, you know, think for yourself, do your own research. Conspiracy theorists always say that, right? Always question everything. When you, but when just because you're questioning things doesn't mean that you shouldn't do you know make it into everything is a conspiracy and you're paranoid. This to me speaks to the mental health of the people that are saying these things. They've got some kind of paranoia issue going on in their minds, and I think that's what's going on with 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 conspiracy theories and and. We're seeing it more and more, and maybe it's always something that happened, and, and social media is just exposing something that's always been happening. That's always been kind of my theory on it, is that these views have always existed, but now we have so much more access to them, and all these nut, nut jobs can get together. And now, see, you know, you may have been have, had a group of friends, and one of them had these kind of crazy theories, because, but and you kind of mocked them for it. And he didn't know anybody else that that knew those that that thought that way, so they kind of kept it to themselves. Now the internet emboldens them, emboldens them because they find that oh, there's other people that believe the same crazy shit that I do. So therefore, I'm going to I, I can go out and spout it more. And 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 then now they have a they have a form and a platform, and some and they see other people are like them, and therefore they think they're validated because there's other people that are as crazy as they are, and therefore they're not crazy. No, you're still crazy. It just means that you're not the only crazy person out there. All right? Most people are still normal. But because the crazy people tend to gravitate towards this because now they feel like they have a voice and they see other people that think like them and they're emboldened more than they ever have been before. And then people that are normal turn it off because they're like, I can't take all these crazy people anymore. And you, because you didn't realize how many of them are out there. And then you feel like, oh my God, there's just crazy. There's there's so many more crazy people than I thought. And you just get discouraged and you, and you sign off of it. So then the concentration of the people that are left are the more crazy people. So that's all that's left now. So now, now it gets to the point where the social where social media is just filled with these people. And that's the and there and there are a disproportionate number of users on or active users on there because all the normal people have signed off on it. They don't want to see it anymore because they're like, these people are nuts. I'm not doing this anymore. That is why I think social media looks the way it looks. It's it's a way over representation. The Trump people have taken it over as well. That's why they think they're in far far higher numbers than they actually are. They're still in the minority, and but they think this election was stolen because they think for some unknown reason they believe that there's way more numbers of them than there actually are. But the fact of the matter is, they are not the silent majority anymore. They are the vocal minority, and they just have a disproportionate outsized voice on certain platforms, and that's all it is, and that's all this all, all this all this stuff is. So, anyway, I thought that was it, it was quite entertaining. Anyway, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap up the show. So, thank you for joining us on the Moderate Podcast this week. 
Remember to visit our website, themoderatepodcast.com, our Facebook page, Twitter page, Instagram page, YouTube page. They're all linked there. Um, and make sure you check out Amio, the uh, sponsor for this week's show. Um, there's a link in the show notes, and you can just or you can just go to amio.com and use the code LISTENER5 at checkout for 5% off your next booking for all modes, modes of transportation, which is pretty cool. So check that out. Because we're finally able to get out there and travel and see the world again. And I know that people are itching to get out there. So this is a good way to maybe save a little money on that because prices are really high right now. I was actually going to talk about inflation this week, but we'll save that for another time. Because I just, like I told you before, I can't spend as much time on the show, unfortunately. But hopefully that means I can still continue to do it on a regular basis. Sound good? All right. Anyway, until next time, hopefully it'll be next week. Please, everyone, stay safe as usual. And always, always, always keep it real.